What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Welcome to the WFNC Podcast Pepper, where Good Morning Fayetteville with Goldie lives. And we have the candidates from the District 2 City Council race here in studio. Well, almost half of them anyway. I know that the others are on their way. So first of all, let's say good morning to Gail Morfessis. Gail, good morning to you. It is good to see you. How you doing? I'm doing great, and it's good to be here. And uh, Malik Davis is here with us. Malik, good morning to you. How you doing? Good morning, sir. Thank you for allowing us to be here today. And Laura Rodriguez-Musler. Laura, how you doing? Good morning. Oh, let me turn your mic up. <clears throat> Good morning. There happy, we go. Happy Monday. Uh, do we know who this gentleman is? Oh, that's that's the, the that's your driver. All right. So we are still waiting for the incumbent Shaquille Ingram, Larry Marshall, Janine Ackles, and Anastasia Jones Van. I imagine that they will be here at some point. But while it's just the three of us or four of us here in the studio. Let's do some opening statements. Laura, we will start with you. I'll give you a couple of minutes to introduce yourself to everybody and tell everybody why you're running. Go ahead. My name is Laura Rodriguez-Musler, and I am not a politician. I'm not, I don't have any fancy degrees. I'm just a mom. I'm a mother who lost my son to gun violence 10 years, 7 months, and 12 days ago. And to be honest, for the, la- for the first five years after that, I was a pretty horrible human being. I was angry at everybody, short and ugly. And about two years ago, I decided that I didn't want Joshua to die in vain. I wanted to make a difference. And not only Joshua, my son, but Tyrone, the boy that actually killed my son, I don't want his family to continue or other families to continue to lose their children over and over and over again. So I decided I was going to make a difference. Um, so I came up with an idea about mentoring and I know mentoring works because I was a welfare mom for many years and somebody came to me and said, Laura, you can do better. They mentored me and they taught me a skill and I went on to train managers for a restaurant. So what I would like to do is see anybody who gets in trouble between the years of 18 and 25, they actually, instead of becoming criminals and going through the criminal process, we partner with the FTCC and the Economic Development Center in order to train our youth viable skills in order to become productive members of society, like plumbing or welding or anything like that. And then from there, they have to teach somebody from their neighborhood so that it's mentored on and on. Again, Laura Rodriguez Musler. And uh, so sorry for your loss. Thank you. What a horrible thing to happen. Malik Davis, you got two minutes. Tell us a little about Malik and uh, why you decided to jump into the race here. Um, so my name is Malik Davis. Of course, you guys have you heard I'm a candidate for District 2. Um, so my campaign is all about bridging the gap between politics and people and giving the people's voice a seat at the table and into the rooms that can change their everyday lives. And I'm born and raised on the east side of Fayetteville, um, graduated of Cape Fair High School, graduated high school and went immediately to the workforce and began working in the medical field. Transition from the medical field, began to working in the school system for Common County Schools. I'm also a product of Common County Schools. I grew up, uh, all my years of schooling were through um, Common County Schools. 
uh, transition from the school system went into the Cumberland County Courthouse working under the leadership of Lisa Scales in the clerk of court's office, transitioned to uh, the district court judge's office. During my time of working, I volunteered for the Millennium Advisory Commission, um, which was with the city and the mayor, the mayor and the current city, some of the current city council members voted on to bring um, some change towards the millennials to stay, to keep them in Fayetteville, um, served on the fascinating new Children's Museum Board, also serve in the um, Young Democrats Vice Chair, and currently serving in the Juvenile Mentorship Program. Um, I'm excited to run for District 2 because I'm born and raised in District 2, and I'm ready to see some work get done in District 2 and be a voice for my constituents in my district. There you go, Malik Davis running for District 2 City Council. And now, Gail Morfessis, we will turn it over to you. A little something about yourself while you're running, and you've got two minutes as well. Good morning. Well, good morning. <clears throat> and I want to say, first of all, that my slogan for this campaign is, you can't be a can-do city if you don't have a can-do city council. And we need to get out and hit the street running. We need to be ready to work. Uh, I, for for my speaking for myself, uh, I have spent years watching what's going on in our city, and I've lived here for 25 years. Uh, my husband and I have made Fayetteville our home, as well as our daughters and grandchildren. And I think we have a wonderful city here. We are truly the great American melting pot. We have people from all over the world, and we need to work together. We don't need divisiveness, but we need unity in our community to move us ahead and do great things. Uh, I am glad to hear that there were 500 people so far coming out to vote, and you need to exercise your right to vote because this is your right to do, and it's your way to make your voice heard. We need to hear all voices. We do not need to make decisions in advance. We need to make decisions at the time when we discuss things. Uh, one thing I see is people will make a decision on how they're going to vote before they even go and discuss the project, and then they are very narrow-minded. We need to open our minds and our hearts to our voters. We need to connect with our voters and be responsible to them and accountable to them for the spending of their tax dollars. We also need to have a transparent city council, and we need to have equitable and fair treatment for all. And that spells the word rate. So I'm telling people, rate your representative and vote for the person of your choice, because it is truly your choice. Uh, I hope to connect with the... Um, Voters, just like I have done through my work as a professor at UNC, as well as working with seven or eight of the non-for-profits here in town, uh, including the Care Clinic, Better Health, and others. Thank you very much. Gail Morfessis running for the District 2 City Council uh, City Council race. Again, early voting started last Thursday. We've had about 500 people cast their votes already downtown at the Board of Elections on Fountainhead Lane. The primary is coming up on October 10th. The incumbent has just joined us from City Council District 2. Pull that mic right up to you. So I'm going to be on mic three, Kenny, and this is Shaquilla Ingram. Shaquilla, welcome back to Good Morning Fayetteville. Good morning to you. Happy Monday, Goldie. My apologies. I thought it was starting at 8.05. Well, that's okay. Sorry. We sent out an email last week saying because we got seven people running, Understand. I wanted to make sure everybody got plenty of time to uh, introduce themselves to the audience. You're no stranger to our audience, so you are actually running for, I want to say, a third term, Correct. 
correct, a t- third full term. Because this last yeah. term, as most people know, because we didn't have the election till July 26th because of the, uh, the delay of the census, thanks mm-hmm. to the pandemic, you've only gotten a, a pretty much a, a 14-month second term. So, Shaquilla, for those who don't know, introduce yourself to the audience. I will give you two minutes for an open, starting right now. Thank you, Goldie. It's so good to be here. Good morning, Fayetteville. This is Councilwoman Shaquilla Ingram. I currently serve you on the Fayetteville City Council, representing District 2. You know me. You know that I am from the district. You know that my family is from the district. You know that my grandparents and my parents are invested in District 2. Um, I have been very proud of the progress that we've made. Of course, that does not mean we cannot make more progress. Um, My commitments continue to stay strong um, for community advancement, your safety, and meaningful investment for District 2. And as an engaged voter, um, I want you to know that you are my partner as I represent you. I tell my residents, what affects you affects me, and I'm going to continue to be a voice for you on the Fayetteville City Council. If you need any information, you can always reach me at 910-644-0368 and votesingram.com. I look forward to continue to work with you and for you on the Federal City Council representing District 2. Thank you, Goldie. Thank you very much, City Council Member Shaquille Ingram. Let me ask you, Council Member Ingram, we were just talking about voter turnout over the last few years. First of all, the question that a lot of people are asking, why do we have to schlep all the way down to the Board of Elections on Fountainhead Lane for the primary? As you know, so many people live out in the western part of Fayetteville. For some, it's a real hardship to drive 20 or 30 minutes on a weekday, Mm -hmm. especially to get to the Board of Elections office. Talk a little about voting numbers over the past few years is it apathy what is it that drives the lack of voter participation in this town do you think well i think um you know from what i've noticed there's always that same group of people that are engaged um i also think you know because of the makeup of certain districts um voters have other things going on in their lives that they have to focus on. And so what you see is um, voters typically don't come out until it's a presidential election. They don't necessarily um, sometimes they understand what local elections mean. They do. But sometimes they don't really have it to go and vote um, in a local election. However, I do know that people are engaged um, in the voting process. They know, you know, who to contact. They know who to call. Um, but most times I do think that sometimes people, you know, they just are not able to really get to the polls to go vote um, unless you are that true voter. Like, I have my grandmother and now now that she's gone, I'm that one that says, alright, y'all, we gotta go vote. Hmm. And so as I think generations turn, we we starting to lose that voter engagement, that voter excitement, and we gotta figure out how to get there. As it relates to the board of uh, the locations, the city council, we brought to the table t- for us to have another polling location. Since not everybody had a primary, um, we focused on the general election for there being a uh, multiple early voting locations. Mm -hmm. And what I think kind of confused people was we hadn't really had an election since um, the presidential election where 
everyone was kind of running right and so when it came time for the city council race last year and we only had one people forgot that's what we had in the past because of what kind of the council had already done so what we did is that we okay we're going to have a second location for the general election, but not the primary since not everybody had a primary. And again, it costs money to open up these rec centers and the library and wherever it is you vote. About but again, 40, it can be very inconvenient and it'll be interesting. As you just mentioned, uh, Shaquilla, there are only three races this year. There's District 2, the folks mm-hmm. we have in the studio now. District 5, the folks we'll have in here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the four mayoral candidates who we had in here on Thursday. So really only two districts are voting for council representation Mm -hmm. and then you have the whole city voting for mayor so it should be very interesting to see the mayoral numbers as they come in from the whole city and see who votes gail i'll send this over to you gail morfessis how do you get people to come again to you know lunch hour whenever it is uh get off work early and head down to the down to the board of elections on fountainhead lane to cast a vote how do you get your people out to do that Well, I am trying to connect with them on a regular basis, uh, and I am encouraging them because I think there is voter apathy. I think people have thought, well, I can't make a change. I only have one vote. But, you know, there are people in this world who do not have the right to vote, and people need to know what a great thing it is that in this country we do have a right to vote, And your vote does count. You need to take a good look at your representatives and you need to get out there because early voting is our time where we narrow this race down. We have seven candidates in uh, the District 2 and that will go down to two candidates for the election. And so I think that people just need to remember that they can make a difference and they need to go out there. Yes, uh, you know, the people that work, it's very difficult difficult for them uh, to get down there or to go on their lunch break or to go a little early. I think it does open early in the morning, too, so maybe it's before they go to work uh, as well. But it is important, and it's important for them to be represented properly so that they feel that they have a voice, because everyone in this town has a voice. We just need someone to listen to that voice. That's Gail Morfessis. Malik Davis, does it surprise you that we have such bad voting numbers here in the shadow of Fort Bragg and Fort Liberty over all these years. Here are people that have died, you know, in our just in our own backyard. People have died to give us the right to do this, and yet so many people do not come out and exercise their right to vote. So again, any surprise to you, Malik? And I'll ask you the same question I just asked the two ladies. How do you get your people to come out and head downtown to the Board of Elections and cast a vote in the primary? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, First off, I believe that people have lost their um, willingness to go vote because they have lost lack in leadership um, in different aspects. People do not people have a different view on politics now. Um, They've seen it done wrong and they've seen it done right. And so we have to be able to build that trust in them that we for me, I let my constituents know that, you know, you can trust me to be represent you and represent my district with, you know, dignity with um, professionalism they just have they have to want to be they have to want to support you when somebody wants to support you it's not it's not going to be hard for them to go out to vote for you so you have to build that 
reputation with them that you know you have to show them consistently that this is my character this is who I am and they'll surely flop to vote for you so what I encourage my people to do is of course know your candidates know who you are looking at selecting and so um, I have, have conversations with many people in district two and they've been looking at different people who they want to vote for um, and you know, it may sound weird to say this, but even if you're not voting for me, you have the right to vote. You need to go vote, period, because your vote can literally change your whole district and can change your family. And if we want to attract people to the city, we have to have people who are here voting first to bring in people in position so that we can attract more people. Thank you, Malik Davis. Laura, I will turn it over to you. Laura Rodriguez-Musler, and I'll ask you the same thing. First of all, does it surprise you? Here we are in the shadow of Fort Liberty, where our people in this town just are not interested in voting most of the time. And how do you get your folks to the polls? Because this is an important primary. We've got seven folks running right now, and this primary will whittle it down to two for the general election. Turn it over to you. I do believe. I am pretty surprised, because being in a military town, you would think people would be more inclined to be out there, more patriotic, more involved. Um, I'm, I'm really surprised at the low numbers and the turnouts. But I feel like some of us have been disenfranchised. We talk about our quote-unquote leaders. They're not our leaders. They're our representatives. And I think that they've forgotten that they're our representatives. They are there serving us, the community. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to be a leader of the community. I want to hear what the people have to say and be their representative. My needs and wants are secondary to the people. And I feel like they've become disenfranchised by people doing, going, excuse me, against what they actually want and not listening. That's why I want to hold town halls and get people engaged in order to, with six or eight people at each town hall, so that it's one-on-one connection, and they tell two people, and they tell two people, and then they tell two people to grow involvement in our communities. All right, that is Laura Rodriguez-Musler. It is 7.56 here on WFNC. This is our District 2 City Council Candidate Forum. We've got four of the seven. I assume the other three are on their way, and we will continue this through the 8 o'clock hour. Let's check in with Laura for Fayetteville's most dependable forecast. Welcome to the WFNC 2023 Candidates Forum, a chance for you to meet the candidates and for them to offer their visions for our community. Now, here's your host, Goldie. Thank you very much and good morning, Fayetteville. It is five past eight on this Monday, September 25th. As you know, early voted or early voting started last Thursday morning down at the Cumberland County Board of Elections on Fountainhead Lane. The primary is coming up on October 10th, and we've got candidates here who are running for City Council District 2. There are seven of them. The incumbent is Shaquille Ingram. She is being challenged by Malik Davis, Gail Morfessis, Laura Rodriguez-Musler, and Anastasia Jones-Van. Apparently, Janine Ackles is downtown stuck behind a train right now. And we're not sure where Larry Marshall is, but seven folks are running for District 2. We have heard opening statements from four of the seven. Anastasia joins us now, and good morning to you. It is good to see you. Good morning, everyone. I am um, Actually, I bypassed that train. I saw it on my way here oh. as well. <laughs> and is it Anastasia or Anastasia? It's Anastasia. Anastasia. And do you go Anastasia Jones van? I've seen Anastasia J van. We want to make sure we get the name right. On the ballot, it's Anastasia. 
Anastasia J. Dan. Okay, there you go. Anastasia, I'm going to give you two minutes for an opening statement here. Whatever is on your mind, why you're running, the problems you see, whenever you're ready. Okay, I'm actually a native of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I graduated at 71st in 1983, so I'm not a spring chicken, but I have been around for a while. And then I, after I graduated, I went to New York and came back here. Um, I'm from a military family. I have a sister. I only have one sibling, and that's my sister. I have a daughter, and I have a grandson. I actually am promoting economic development. I know that the city has worked on some serious projects in the last two years, especially this last past year as we have come out of COVID. And I'm looking to help everyone to be built up and feel good about themselves enough to go back to work because we are in the progress of some major projects, including projects that have been um, actually established prior to some of the people that are in their seats now in city council is also the mayor and that's for the year 2023 so i'm i'm about now and the future it's else as also building up the people in fayetteville north carolina there you go anastasia j van running for city council district two while we are waiting for janine and larry to get here and do their openings let me start this morning with the incumbent shaquille ingram Shaquilla, good morning once again to you. Thanks for being here. Hi, Goldie. Shaquilla has served two full terms and then this last kind of 13, 14, uh, one full term. And this, what has this been, 14 months maybe when all is said and done? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. The election was July 26th last summer. Yep. It was a weird thing because mm-hmm. of the delay in the census caused by the pandemic. So let me start with the hot topic that is on everybody's mind right now. Everybody's talking about it. It is gun violence. It is specifically youth gun violence in this town. Mm-hmm. And it is the youth curfew that was proposed by city council a few weeks ago. I asked city council member Ingram while we were in commercial. I said, so I was very surprised to read in the paper that while all of this was being debated on council, city staff never brought in Department of Social Services, they never brought in the Sheriff's Department, and they never brought in the Cumberland County school system. Let's start there, Shaquilla. Who dropped the ball on that? Because you would think as far as these discussions got on council, that all of these folks would have been brought into this. Talk a little about gun violence, youth gun violence, the curfew, and what happened with these uh, these other folks not being brought into the conversation. So I think I will lead with the county has a curfew. So if the county has a curfew and we are pretty much saying, okay, we're going to implement this similar curfew, then I think there is a maybe understanding that, okay, they're already operating under this same guise. Do they enforce it, though, is the big question. What have you been able to find out? So debate is still out on if it's been heavily enforced, but I do know that um, in some instances it has been enforced. Um, maybe on a regular basis, probably not. But I do know that there has been some enforcement um, for that their, the county's curfew. And so we, we, we take we're in the county correct and I think that was kind of maybe the thought process behind it um, going into was it gun, youth gun violence youth gun, gun violence, violence yeah. in this town and, and let me say this um, I assumed um, guardianship of my brother last year and he was still in high school he's graduated he's at federal state now I'm never going to su- vote to s- support something that may potentially hurt 
young kids and my young black brother. I'm never going to do that. The voters are my partners in this district, and I lean into them. So when the curfew came up, I leaned into the stakeholders in my district, and I said, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And I listened to them, and I'm still listening to them going into youth gun violence. I'm learning more and more as this conversation has come up. And I am glad that the conversation has come up. Maybe not how it needed to come up, but I'm glad because what we are now seeing is that we all need to come to the table. And that's what I asked on Monday night. As our can-do partners, as you know, we rebranded a few years ago as our can-do Carolina with our can-do partners where the county was involved as well. We all need to come to the to the table and it does not have to be about a curfew it has to be about youth protection and how we serve our our kids and our residents in my neighborhood i say we i'm a nosy neighbor we have our massey hill tigers we within our community watch we take them on field trips we have mentoring sessions with them the city has funded over 1.5 million dollars for 15 plus nonprofits to do the legwork that we cannot do. And we're going to keep doing that. And we're also going to connect with our partners because we just voted to do that. So I understand there's concerns that we need jobs. We have diversion programs. We have jobs. We have trade trade programs that these kids can get into. I think we just have to push it more. And I don't even know, like this is a school board thing, but there's in-school therapy that's not even talked about. We have to educate the parents on making sure they can fill out the form, but at the same time, there's a fear that DSS will get involved if their child says the wrong thing. But that child does need that support in the school system. So how do we help them um, on the school school board side? Let me cut you off there. That is City Council Member Shaquille Ingram. Our last two candidates have arrived. Janie Knackles, who's been sitting behind a, tra- a train for the last... You okay? Oh, yeah. I'm fine. Let me ask you something. Now, when you were here last time... Yes. And you were running for office, you were just Janie Ackles. What is your name going to be on the ballot? It'll be Janine Ackles Dublin. Dublin. All right. Did you get married since last I saw you? I think so. You think so? (laughs) Well, congratulations. Janine is here. She's back in studio with us. She's running for District 2. I will give you two minutes to make an opening statement. Go ahead. Well, good morning, Fayetteville. Um, It's an honor always to be on your show, Mr. Goldie. Um, I tell people, I always let people know, quitters are not winners. I am a winner. I I do not quit just because I didn't get what I wanted. Of course, I wanted the seat, but I also kept my promise to the community to continue to advocate in different places. Um, I have the, um, I'm the founder of the Cumberland County Community Watch Coalition. And so we've been out, we've been busy, busy (laughs) working in our, you know, different places, whether it's seniors or the unhoused or whomever needs our help. And like I said, the Cumberland County Community Watch is not just about community watches. It's about watching over each um, neighborhood and resident collectively. So whatever their needs are, that's what we're here to we're, that's what we're here to do. But um, I'm excited to always be back in the race. This is not just my it. It's also like a ministry for me. I meet so many different people out on the trail with so many different types of needs. It's always inspiring. Um, one of the things is just making sure one of the biggest things for me is um, dissemination of information. Um, 
all the programs and things that our city has to offer. Um, my problem with it is just why don't our children or whoever needs that information, why it's not being disseminated. That's one of my big things. So um, an advocacy. We want to make sure that people's rights are being um, given to them. You know, my 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 slogan is your rights, our fight. That's what we're doing. Making sure everybody has the right amount of information. They have the right amount of things that they are, they'll be able to take care of coming up. So one of my things is just I'm really, really excited to be back here on this trail tonight or today. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who's sitting here with us, because it's got to be a collective um, opportunity for everyone in the community, not just one. Thank you, Janine Ackles, Dublin. And now he is here. Larry Marshall, good morning to you. It is good to see you. Tell us a little about yourself and why you decided to run, and we will give you two minutes as well. Uh, good morning, sir. Uh, how you doing? Doing great. It's good to see you. Yes. Okay. I'm, uh, and all my all my candidates are here with me today. Thank you all for being with me. I mean, I'm, I am new to the radio station, but I am running for, for, for City Council District 2, and my goal is to is to be the voice for the people. And that's what my slogan says. And when I am a leader for my representatives, okay, and this is what I am, am out to do. For me to do that, I have to have that understanding of what the, what the community is about and how the community is run and get all the stuff that I need to be that, that candidate for Fayetteville, North Carolina. All right. Thank you very much. That is Larry Marshall. Let us continue our discussion on gun violence and youth gun violence. Laura Rodriguez Musler, you mentioned in your opening statement that you lost a child to gun violence. I can't think of anything worse than that. So let me ask you the same question we asked Councilmember Ingram. Talk a little about gun violence in Fayetteville, youth gun violence. What a curfew have saved your child? Go ahead. Uh, I'll give you three minutes. Well, what we're doing right now is not working. We need a change. We need innovative ideas. And I think my mentorship program, diversion program, is innovative. I have lots of other innovative ideas. Would a curfew have changed my the outcome of my child? No. My son was at home, and they tried to break into his house and shot through the door. Guns are out of control. We can. We need to start... our kids go through high school and they graduate school and they can barely read how can we expect them to leave to lead productive lives when they can barely read where where are the auto shop and the carpentry skills and that needs to go back to our school district I took auto shop when I was in high school. I'll be honest, it was because the cute guys were in there. But I learned how to change my oil. I learned how to change a tire. I could rebuild an engine if I needed to I have my own motorcycle, so I actually do the work on my motorcycle because I took that auto shop class. Where are those skills for our youngsters? And I'm, I was a welfare mom. I, I, my kids, I, I used to get a gallon of milk and have to get powdered milk and split it up so that we would have enough milk to last the end of the month. So somebody came to me and mentored me. It works. My children would be welfare children right now. We need to start producing productive members of society. Our schools aren't doing it, and we can make an immediate impact. So I think my diversion program does that. With I grew up with a curfew. My kids had curfews. 
I had a curfew. I do believe in curfews, just not this curfew. I don't think that the legwork was done behind the scenes, like you said, in order to come up with a solid plan. Will curf- Do curfews work? No, they don't. The government coming in does not make a bit of difference statistically across the country. It says curfews do not work for juveniles. Criminals, criminal, whether there's a curfew or not. Never has a criminal said, well, you know what? I'm not going to go outside now because there's a curfew. We don't need to increase the interaction between the police and young adults just because they feel like there might be somebody underage. So curfews don't work. I think there's many more programs that we can implement as far as education that will, will make a difference. Thank you very much. That is Laura Rodriguez-Musler. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's What Women Binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. Wow. Let women binge wherever you listen. Malik, let me swing it back to you. Uh, I read an interview that you did where you talked about crime, homelessness, but you also mentioned code enforcement. So if you will, I'll give you a couple of minutes to talk about gun violence, the curfew, if you'd like. But what is it about code enforcement that made you choose that as one of your priorities? Um, so I'll address I'll address your um, the last question first of okay. code enforcement. So uh, I've gone into different neighborhoods and I've seen the abandoned homes that are in the area. And I'm having a talk with a lot of constituents in the area. They have voiced their opinion about how they have squatters come into the homes. And then when squatters come into homes, that's what brings more crime. That's what brings more uh, drugs into the community. And so um, after talking to some of the people who are working code enforcement, I've seen that they have a lack of staff um, and I will be pushing for more staff um, for code enforcement because they, the, the code enforcement for the city needs help. Um, so that's why I said code enforcement. And of course, like I said, there's a lot of abandoned homes that need to be sought after. The city is doing a good job. Um, with what they have, with the staff they have, they don't. I think they say they have nine staff members. I'm, I don't want to misquote that, but I know they have two supervisors, and they need more staff members to help with the going out to the communities to address the issues of the concerns of the people, to the gun violence and to the youth. So back, I will. I made my statement clear before that I do not agree with um, handcuffs. I believe that we should help them find their purpose. Um, education, of course, is important. And I believe if you start young and educate them and begin to pivot their mindset, because when you can pivot someone's mindset, you can change their outcome and their destiny. And so for me as a young black male, it's important um, to make sure that I make sure look out for the all of all of the people, but especially my community at which where I'm from. And so, when it comes to the getting the youth involved, we need to look at more programs that are available for them and push them towards that. We can't make them go that way, but we can push them towards and encourage them. And I've seen a lack of mentorship with my generation and the generation that is coming up. Um, and I believe that we need to. That's why it's important to have young leadership, good young leadership in position so that they can have someone to look up to and so that they can glean from that person. And it's important that we make sure that we have people in positions who will be a good influence for this next generation. 
Thank you very much. That is Malik Davis. Gail Morfesis, I will ask you about gun violence and youth gun violence and the curfew, but I was reading an interview that you did, and you also mentioned the proper evaluation of special use permits to protect communities and create much-needed growth. So feel free to start with that or anywhere you want to begin with uh, the gun violence problem here in Fayetteville. Um, I think that it's important that we reach out to people at all levels, everyone, not just a few. Uh, And we do have a problem with gun violence. We have a problem with crime in our city. Uh, That is statistically proven. Uh, I see that when the new chief of police comes forward to discuss things, uh, people don't give them the respect that... I think he deserves. He has been in the office less than a year. Uh, I don't think that when he comes, and uh, by the way, I think he was the one that came forward and talked about the curfew first. And therefore, uh, if the city council wasn't quite prepared for that, maybe it struck them as a new thing as well. However, I'm not into making excuses. I'm into making a difference. So I think that we need to explore every issue. We need to look at all sides of different issues. And one of the problems we have, we were just talking about mentoring. Mentoring begins in the home. Uh, In a lot of ways, we don't have strong family units that we used to have. You know, it used to be that if you did something, your mama and daddy knew about it before you even got home. Uh, And uh, because the neighbors told or the teachers told or somebody from the school had already called your home. And um, I had certainly uh, a curfew when I was a child. I don't think anything good happens between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. That's not to say that we should criminalize our children. I certainly don't think that's the case. But I think that people need to know that there are rules and guidelines. Because if we don't have any rules and guidelines, then we have absolutely no way uh, to produce a better outcome. Uh, I worked for the university as I said before, but I was very strong at the university saying that in Europe they have many other programs where they send people to schools like FTCC, which is a wonderful community college here in our community, that we need to support people going into crafts and skills uh, other than just going to college. And so I think that we need to support and mentor our youth and the parents. We need to tell people they need to stand up for their kids because our children are our most valuable asset. That is Gail Morfesis. Anastasia J. Van, we will ask you the same thing about youth gun violence, gun violence in general, and the youth curfew here in Fayetteville. You've got two minutes. Okay, um, I'm going to start with the gun violence. I believe that the um, laws should be a lot stricter, and I believe that should go to the governor. I believe that um, we have already have received some orders from the governor in regards to other crimes like lethal drugs being administered and the governor had signed a bill stating that the penalties would be greater should anyone be found guilty. I think that should also take place with any crimes that have to do with possession of weapons, especially guns and whatever the outcome is of that. I myself have Two relatives that actually had um, suffered from gun violence. One, actually, I have a cousin who was shot at a gas station by someone who actually was released from um, 
juvenile a correction center in the state of South Carolina, and I also have a cousin who is actually um, involved with someone who at a teenage, um, at, at a, during a teenage years, actually was shot in a car while playing with the gun. And this was during the time that I was going to school at 71st. So I know what it, how it affects people. I'm not, I'm not, you know, going to say that I'm not sympathetic to it. But I do know that that's something that should go to the governor because he's the one that has to make the decision about the bills. As far as the curfew, right now I am in favor of it. And I believe that the city should support what the county has already decided so that there's no conflict of interest until there is some type of statistics showing that the violence in our city as also crimes decrease. Um, if we show collaboration with the county, I think it'll be much more effective and they can give advice as well to the city on what they've already implemented. And then it could also be admitted or it could be revised. All right. That is Anastasia Jones Van on the ballot. It will say Anastasia J. Van. And let's turn it over to Janine Ackles, Dublin. Janine, same thing for you. Gun violence, youth gun violence, the curfew. What say you? Well, I'll start with the first part of it. First with the um, the gun violence and then I'll go to the curfew. Um as far as gun violence is concerned, um, one of the things I do think is that we we, we need a little bit more uh, a, a, a tighter clamp on who's getting these guns. There's always going to be um, illegal guns and things on the street, things that we can't stop, but we can combat it some. Um, I always say things like um, it's easier for people to get a gun than to get a driver's license. You know, um, you have to at least have a permit. You have to go through, you know, a lot of us had to go through driver's ed and things like that. And then, you know, then you still had to take a test in order to get a gun, I mean, in order to get a license. Why isn't there something implemented like that here, you know, to be able to do those kind of things? Because guns get in our hands. And then the thing about it is we just need to do something more as far as um, um, clamping down on that gun control, because too many children are getting their hands on guns. But a lot of that is the parents' issue because a lot of these last things that are happening happened in homes, which brings me to the curfew. Um, as far as the curfew is concerned, I was against it because simply because to me it was not thought about well. The areas that are going to be targeted, even though people say it's not racial, but the areas are black areas. So that sounds racial to me. You know, I mean, when you're given statistics now, this isn't saying anything. Like I said, we need our police, not against the police at all. We need our police, but we also need to work in conjunction with them for us um, collectively so that we can move things forward. But at this time, having a curfew, what it's doing right now, as you can see, is splitting the community. And it's also one of the things where the communities that they're going to be in, that they're going to be policing the most. There's no trust there. So that's also going to cause an atrocity. So one of the things for me is that just let's let's go back to the table. Let's find solutions rather than putting a Band-Aid over the boo-boo and then when you really need stitches. So I, I do believe that the curfew at this time is not something that we should be considering. But how about some of those mentorship programs? As I stated earlier, 
there were a lot of things that we couldn't do. So, is my time? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that is your time. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Janine Ackles, Dublin. And we will give Larry Marshall the last word. Larry, your opinion on gun violence, youth gun violence, and the curfew that's being proposed. An older person that I believe that uh, gun violence should be mandated to a certain level, and but they should be able to get a uh, get a permit or a license, go to school. They should be able to have that train that, that training for for a gun, not just get a gun, buying it at a store, and you're not able to uh, do anything else. You got to be able to have training. You got to be able to have the understanding what gun violence. I mean, guns are used for it, and violence of guns, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And it's one, it's one of my, my pet cues that I don't like to see people get hurt by guns. And uh, curfew, myself, it would be okay as long as they got it mandated at a certain uh, time period. If it's just for school hours, okay. If it's just for the weekend, Okay, but you have to understand that kids do work and kids do go to school. So you got to have a certain time for them to, to have, have curfew. And it should be, be uh, a certain time of the year, not just during the uh, school years. It should be during the summer. Then school years should be great. All right. Thank you very much, Larry Marshall. I'm going to give our sitting city council member, Shaquille Ingram, 30 seconds to respond. Go ahead. So I do want to say that um, there was a recent law change at the state. And what that did was it took away the process for there needs to be um, permit. So that that's at the state level as to why we don't see it anymore. Now, there's still the national background check. Additionally, within the recent changes that happened this week um, our judges will now where we see a lot of these repeat offenders offenders excuse me offenders the judges here will now have the will to determine who may and may not get out because what we are seeing within our data and our numbers these are repeat offenders. So those are some things that I didn't want to offer up. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, it is 832. We're going to take a very quick minute and a half break here, give everybody a chance to have some water and catch their breath, and then we will be back. More of the District 2 City Council Candidate Forum here on Good Morning Fayetteville. I'm Goldie, and this is WFNC. We have the seven candidates for City Council District 2 in studio. The incumbent, Shaquille Ingram, is here. Janine Ackles Dublin, Laura Rodriguez Musler, Anastasia J. Van, Larry Marshall, Gail Morfessis, and Malik Davis. So let me start with you, Anastasia. Other than gun violence and youth gun violence and this curfew, I'll give you a minute to talk about what your next priority down the list is and how you would uh, how you would take care of it here in Fayetteville? Well, I'd like to follow up with the daycare for the homeless. I know that's something that the city council and the mayor has already begun, and I I I actually heard that, and I know this too through the media that FTCC and um, the homeless shelter that's going to be built soon near B Street is going to be in progress. Hopefully that is, you know, accomplished. And with that, I'd like to participate in that and making sure that it's completed, that homeless people have, you know, some temporary shelter. Uh, I say temporary because they they also have to understand that 
there's resources that can help them to get on their feet. So it's not where we just are handing out everything to the homeless. I've worked at various outreaches and worked with homeless people um, prior to running in this campaign. So I am looking forward to helping people to, like I said, build up their lives, get themselves together, and get off the streets. So it's more than just the violence of you know having to deal with the guns and the crime, but also helping those who are and need to be protected and also be productive in society. Thank you very much. That is Anastasia J. Van here on our forum. Let's go over to Gail Morfessis here. She is also running for the District 2 seat. Gail, other than crime and youth gun violence and the curfew, what else would you like to solve if you are elected to be the city council member from District 2? Well, you know, one thing, Goldie, you did ask me earlier about the special use permits, and I didn't answer that question, but I wasn't ignoring you. I only had two minutes, and I had a lot to talk about. And now you got 54 seconds. now we are talking (laughs) about open-minded pursuit of solutions to problems. And I think that the special use permit fits in this category as well, because when we look at issues going on in our communities, first of all, we have to stop talking and start listening. We need to find connection with our constituency. We need to find out what they want. We need to follow their will. We're public servants. Uh, And if we make a mistake and do something wrong, we need to be able to admit that. A few years back, I was told by a city councilman, we're a big city now, that we have SIGRA, so we're going to start making people pay to park. I think paid parking in the downtown has been a disaster. We could have sold a special permit through the city hall. Hold on a second. Let me ask you Why has it been a disaster? Why do you think it's been a disaster? Because we are only charging a dollar an hour, but that's beside the point. But we're making very little money off of this. And when they instituted it, they said it was going to cost $750,000 a year to run the program. I want to mention we are outsourcing people to come in and write these tickets and everything. We started out with Raleigh and then we went to Durham. Uh, I don't think we need to outsource our jobs all the time. Uh, for that. Uh, And now it's costing more than a million dollars a year to run. And in a dollar an hour, we'd be lucky if we made $300,000 off the whole program. So it's it's a waste of taxpayer dollars. It was a waste from the start. And why keep wasting a million dollars if we can just stop? All right. That's Gail Morfessis. I'm going to have to go back to our incumbent here and just ask you, is so Gail's throwing out some numbers there. She's throwing out some facts. I don't know if you were for or against paid parking. I have found it to run very smoothly, but I don't know how much money it's making for the city. And I don't know if it's costing us money, but you're a sitting city council member. So 30, 30 quick seconds, uh, Shaquilla. Yeah, so, uh, Goldie, uh, initially I was not for it. However, when you only have one vote on a board of 10 and it takes six to pass anything, um, you have to then go back to the people that it's impacting. And what happened was the downtown merchants sent a proposal to the council to say, if this is to be a thing, we want this. And they got almost close to what what they wanted. So to not have paid parking, it, it, it was not really is this program costing the city money though i personally think it is costing us money yeah um and one of the reasons i was against it was that it was not a good revenue source for us however if we were going to do it 
we were going to have to rely on what the business downtown business. Okay, let me wanted. let me go back to Gail here. Yes, I do want to say. Up. Yes, I do want to say that this is not just about whether we're making money or not making money. Even though if we're not making money, then let's just change our mind. Uh, however, this has hurt our downtown businesses. No one wants to go down there to get their hair cut or styled and pay to park while they're at it. I have talked with the merchants up and down Hay Street and the other streets, and I don't just say this lighthandedly. I have talked to these people, and before it was ever instituted, they all said, please don't do this. This is going to hurt our business. And then, no, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm okay, not I got to no mo- move on here, Gail. Malik, let me get you in here. Malik Davis running for D2 City Council. In your interview with Fayetteville Observer, you said, I believe we can change the perception of Fayetteville by getting the community involved in making a difference here in Fayetteville. That's a nice flowery statement, but how do you do that? So as I said before, okay. So as as I said before, you have to build as a representative. You have to build trust with your constituents, and um, you once you build trust with them, you can. Um, be able to understand what they're asking you. Sometimes we can hear what they're saying, but we don't understand what they're asking. And so you build trust, you have, you hold town hall meetings, you have discussions and you come up with tangible solutions to the issues. Oftentimes we meet and meet and meet, but nothing's getting done. So when you meet, actually have a plan and have a strategy in place to get something done in your district um, and get ideas from your constituents that they want to see. On my side of town, the east side of town, it's very underrepresented, and we need more things. The east side of the Fayetteville is a gateway to the city, and there's no reason that the gateways to the city should not be a nice-looking experience when you come right off the highway. And so one of the things that I do want to focus on is engaging the community and not just engaging them, but actually hearing their voice and coming up with solutions to their problems. All right. Thank you. That's Malik Davis. I will say this about the folks that still call Fayetteville, Fayetteville. First of all, it pisses me off. That's number one. Second of all, it's usually older people that don't get out of their houses much anymore. They haven't seen what I've seen living here the last 18 years. So, again, uh, a question. Uh, I'll go to Janine here. Janine Ackles, Dublin. Uh, would you agree with me on that, that the people who are out there still calling this place Vietnam are older people who may have lived here their whole lives and have not seen the progress that we've made? Or maybe you think we haven't made progress. Um, <laughs> I've been here for 22 years, mm-hmm. um, raised my children. They've all gone to school here. I think there are places where they probably still call that, you know, call Vietnam, uh, Vietnam. Right. However, um I do think there has been some progress, but one of the issues is that, um, and and some of it is the older people, but I hear a whole lot of younger people saying it as well. But where do they get? But where do they get that from? I guess they get it from the older ones. (laughs) Yeah, I guess they're getting it from there. But um, I I do. I think one of the issues we have here is is just that is that we don't have enough. As I spoke earlier, um, we don't have enough dissemination of the information to go out to the public. I hear people talking about town halls or saying we have had town halls and things like that. I live in District 2. I haven't seen any information on a lot of the stuff that they're saying is going on. And I'm very informative. (laughs) I'm on Facebook. You know, I'm on Instagram. And so my thing is that what are we doing to make sure that all of our citizens have a seat at the table? Because that's a big thing. I get tired of waking up in the morning and I've talked to many constituents that feel the same way. They pick up a newspaper and they find out a decision has been made without their input. 
we have to be able and we have to be able to bring them to the table. Many people are saying, well, the stakeholders, the stakeholders are the community, because what affects us is what we need to talk about. We should be making those decisions. So that's a big thing for us. And I and back to the Vietnam thing, there are some changes that have been made that are better, but we have a lot of work to do. And I live across the east side. I have worked over there. I've been in the trenches. I do the cleanup over there. I work alongside with those folks there. So I actually see the needs that are there. So my thing is that there's a lot to be done in a lot of different areas, and they're usually the underserved, lower-income areas that need help. So um, I'm just saying that we just have to look at what we are providing as a city, and let's not forget our unhoused community. And we'll, we'll get to that okay. in a second. Let me move along here to Laura Rodriguez-Muzzler. In your interview with the Fayetteville Observer, you mentioned Fayetteville beautification. You say trash is everywhere. The condition of our streets not good. Is that one of your priorities, is beautifying Fayetteville? Absolutely. How can we draw more economic development and get... If we bring in economic development, we're getting a higher tax base, which will lower taxes for the constituents. So... What major corporation wants to come in when they drive up and there's trash everywhere? So we need to start focusing on picking up the trash, making sure that Fayetteville looks good. And in regards to the paid parking, I was actually schooled on the paid parking. We have a, a budget for the paid parking, and there was some graffiti. And they found out who did it, and those people were fined for that graffiti. But that money didn't go back into the paid parking line item. It actually went into the general fund. So we're comparing apples and oranges. If there's something that happens to the paid park, the paid parking is the one that had to pay to clean it up, but they didn't get the money back when the when they were fined. Mm-hmm. So that's not fair, and we need to change the way that happens. All right. That is Laura Rodriguez-Muzzler. Let's go over to Anastasia J. Van. In your interview with the Fayetteville Observer, Anastasia, you mentioned creating more options of transportation. That's not something that we always hear a lot when people are talking about priorities. It's usually crime. It's homelessness. It's maybe this or that. I found it refreshing that you actually brought up transportation here in your interview. Talk about what's important to you. Talk about how we can improve our transportation here in Fayetteville. I believe that we can improve our transportation first, getting our roads fixed. Um, I know that in District 2, that has already begun as far as the infrastructure. Um, Some of the roads downtown, especially those closer to City Hall, have been worked on. We also need to um, develop more ways of getting in and out of Fayetteville. Uh, we look at business I-95, and then there's the Interstate 95. So I, I'd like to see that. But as far as transportation locally, the bus is one of the major um, things that we have to offer. And Believe me, I used the bus for a long time. I utilized the bus, so I know what the transit system has offered the community here in Fayetteville. But we need other means of transportation. I know that um, private-owned taxi companies have lowered, you know, we a lot of people are using Uber and other things like that. But we need trains. We I know there's train stations um, throughout other cities, and we're not a big train Company, you know, we're not in a city where we have a lot of trains. We just mostly have trains running through for freight. And we need to work on our train system for local commuters, for in and out of state. Um, 
not only that, but from in and out of cities, Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte. All right. Thank you very much. That's Anastasia Jones Van. And we will give Larry the last word here before we take a break. Larry Marshall, once again, good morning to you. Talk a little about priorities other than what we've already discussed here for you, crime and gun safety and a children's curfew. What else is on your mind? Well, well the first thing I have uh, always, always talked about was homelessness. Uh, homelessness is one of the main concerns for the city. If we can get the homeless people into the right direction uh, where they need to go, I'm all for it. All right. We're going to come back. We're going to give everybody a minute or so to do a closing statement. You're listening to the candidate forum with the District 2 City Council candidates here on Good Morning Fayetteville on WFNC. Now back to the WFNC 2023 Candidates Forum with your host, Goldie. It is 849. We've got the candidates for District 2 City Council in studio. The incumbent, Shaquille Ingram, Malik Davis, Gail Morfessis, Larry Marshall, Janine Ackles, Dublin, Laura Rodriguez-Musler, and Anastasia J. Van. We did not ask our incumbent a question, so this one is for you, City Council Member Ingram. Uh, we are down 20,000 housing units. There is severe lack of affordable housing here in Fayetteville. One out of four families still living bef- uh, below the poverty line. Our gateways coming in uh, to Fayetteville, whether it's from the Fayetteville Airport or 295 up on Murkison Road, they're embarrassing. Talk a little about our housing challenges. Talk, what is affordable housing these days, <laughs> Councilmember Ingram? I'm not sure anybody really knows. Yeah, you know what's interesting, Goldie? When I first got on council in 2019, um, we had a strategic planning retreat and the number that we got it said that um, 800 uh, and this is 2019 800 individuals in the city of Fayetteville go into poverty scared the life out of me three months later what happened COVID. So we are now, we were looking at 800 individuals going into poverty. So I said out of that strategic planning retreat, we need to address what this is. One of the things that came out of that was me asking for an affordable housing study. We got that and we're acting on it. One of the things that I speak a lot about going into my next term is really honing in on our housing crisis. I've been working with developers. I've worked with developers that bought a block those homes are now transitional homes. There are Section 8 homes and there are affordable housing, 17 homes where we can get families to be comfortable. It takes efforts like that to make sure that we are working with developers to make sure that they have the best interests of our residents. Another thing that I will be working on, which is going to take me to have to go to Raleigh to do, is trying to see how we can get rent stabilization for not just Fayetteville, but it's going to have to be a North Carolina thing because that law is on a North Carolina on North Carolina level. What that's going to take is me working with other council members in different states. It's going to take our council stretching their political will. Um, you asked about gateways. District 2 is the largest di- district in the city. It has everything. We bring in the population for economic vitality. We are the gateway for the city. Yes, we do need make sure our gateways are welcoming, which is something that I've advocated on. When I first got on council, I was on the gateways committee. And a lot of things that you are seeing that are happening now, 
are because of the efforts that we made within the Gateway community. So your councilwoman is working for you. And not only that, I'm working with you. Thank you, Goldie. That is uh, Shaquille Ingram. Uh, Let's do closing statements. We will start with Larry Marshall. Larry, we're going to give you one minute. Go ahead. Your closing statement. Uh, Thank you, everyone uh, that's listening. My name is Larry Marshall. I'm running for City Council District 2. And my vote is for, uh, my voice is for the people. All right. Thank you, Larry. Anastasia, we will do your one-minute closing whenever you are ready. Yes, I am about building up the people. I believe that the people make Fayetteville, North Carolina what it is. And as long as we have the concept of we being able to make it better, we become the best. Thank you very much. That is Anastasia J. Van. Malik Davis, we will give you one minute for your closing statement whenever you are ready. Absolutely. Uh, So once again, my name is Malik Davis, and I'm the candidate for District 2. And I believe in uh, that it's time for good young leadership to be in position. Uh, I believe it's time to help the citizens in District 2 with the quality of life. Um, I believe in power in District 2. I believe we have to build trust and begin to have conversations with the constituents in the district. I believe it's time to bring engagement back. COVID has separated us, but it's time for us to come together so that we can know each other and know those that are in the community so that we can be able to assist each other. Because we do not grow in isolation we grow in community thank you very much i'm sorry go ahead you've still got 30 seconds thank you sir and i believe that um it's time to look at different ways to handle public safety when it comes to specifically district two once again my campaign is all about bridging the gap between politics and people and giving the people's voice a seat at the table thank you goldie thank you very much that is malik davis laura rodriguez musler we will give you one minute go ahead my name is laura rodriguez musler and i am the best candidate for District 2. I've gone from a welfare mother to a successful business person. I have seen lots of things in my life that I I want to make a difference in an unconventional way. My needs and wants are secondary to our district. That's why I want to hold small town halls with six or eight people in each one so that we can not only hear each other, but understand where we're coming from and work towards solid positive solutions. Um, My name is Laura Rodriguez Musler. My website is Laura for the People. You can contact me at 910-818-8300. I'm available all the time to hear any needs, wants, desires. And you can email me at Laura for the People at gmail.com. Thank you very much, Goldie, for having me. Thank you. That is Laura Rodriguez Musler. We will swing it over to Janine Ackles, Dublin. Janine, you've got 60 seconds to close. Love how you say my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it was Janine until you corrected me a couple of years ago. Yes. It's Janine, correct? That's correct. All right. Woo! I was sweating there for a second. <laughs> Go ahead. You got a minute. Yes. Um, one of the things I, I believe in is experience, knowledge, and wisdom. That's something we need on the seat. We need people that understand what it means to own a business, what it means to raise a family, what it means to pay taxes, pay taxes on businesses. A lot of times we speak to the things that we have no knowledge of, and that's something that we need to look at when we're sitting on the council. Um, I like to um, advocate for those who can't articulate to the powers that be. Making sure people know what their rights are, making sure people know what they're able to get done Um, and also showing you that no matter what happens in the seat or out of the seat, 
I continue to advocate. I've kept that promise and I will continue to do that. And again, winners are not quitters. I am a winner. It doesn't matter where I'm sitting because I still advocate. I'm still touching lives. So I'm excited to still be running and I look for victory this time. Thank you very much, Goldie. Thank you, Janine Ackles Dublin. Gail Morfessis, your one minute starts right now. My name is Gail Morfessis. I'm running for District 2. And most of you have seen me in the community working, and I am ready to listen, and I am ready to work for you as your public servant. And I have seen many issues in the city that I would like to work toward. And I think what we need to do is stop being divisive and start working together. We have a great community. We are not Vietnam. We are the greater Fayetteville community. And I remind people all the time, we had the first symphony orchestra. I am a business owner. I work with the arts. I work with the non-for-profits. And I am ready to work for you, Fayetteville. And I can listen. I am willing to listen, and I'm glad to listen. Uh, you can get in touch with me a number of ways, gail.morfessis at gmail.com. And you'll see me all over the downtown. I'm always downtown. And just stop me and say, hey, and I'm ready to talk. Thank you very much, Gail Morfessis. And our last closing statement this morning from the incumbent, City Council Member Shaquille Ingram. You've got a minute. Thank you, Goldie. Listen, I think um, when you get into this seat, you've learned very fast that you can't just do one or two things. you got to do it all. You have to focus on it all. And I believe I have done that. Um, my commitment is to continue to progress our community with advancement, to focus on our safety, and to cr- create meaningful investments in getting funding to organizations and businesses that need it. Um the, the district is my partner. The voters are my partner. And I look to reinforce efforts on our housing crisis, uh, uplift and support programs that combat youth violence and crime and take this device decisive um, action on reducing substance abuse, which plagues a district too heavily in our neighborhoods. Um, and I look to do that with our can-do partners with the city of Fayetteville, not just do District 2, but the city of Fayetteville. I am experienced in delivering for District 2, and I have proven that. Keep me vote working with you and for you. Thank you, Goldie. That is Shaquille Ingram. A quick question. Are there any Saturday voting hours yes. at so, the Fountain Headline? So October... 7th is the only Saturday to vote, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. All right. Thank you all very much. There they are, your candidates for District 2 City Council. Now, tomorrow morning here on the show from 8 till 9, we'll have the four candidates running in District 5. I'm thinking there could be some fireworks tomorrow morning. Again, that'll be between 8 and 9 as we continue our candidate forums here on Good Morning Fayetteville. This is the WFNC Podcast Pepper. And listen to Good Morning Fayetteville with Goldie live every weekday morning at 6 on News Talk 640 WFNC. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever 
You listen.